Hey, listener, we're we're about to get started. But if you want to set off now, you'll have a full five-minute head start. So, good luck. And one more thing, don't trust the map. And welcome to episode 105 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. Slightly different one there. Hope you like that. Um, a weekly examination of a comic, um, a company, a series, or even a creator. This week I have a returning chum um, who currently is killing it on Kickstarter. Um, yes, <laughs> it is Alan Henderson. Hello, do, how you doing, babes? You all right? Greetings. Yes, great to be back. Great to be back. Good stuff, man. Good to have you back. Um, how you been? How's it going? So you, you are killing it on Kickstarter. That is true. You're like 300% or something, aren't you? Yeah, I always set myself. Well, I only look to to cover costs with my goals uh, on on Kickstarter. So everything above that is 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 bonus for me. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm I'm not here to try and make the big bucks. So you know, the percentage wise, <laughs> it looks great. But no, I'm. It's the the volume of backers is is in line essentially with the last three or four Kickstarters. That's, so that's encouraging. Man. Yeah. Um. There's been a little drop off, perhaps, for for certain areas where the the postage has clearly gone gone through the roof. Uh, of course, yeah, is, yeah. You know, so that's that. That's just the, the balance. And yeah. obviously, I think as as the con season's restarting, there are probably one or two people holding back just to to pick it up at events. But the book's out to, out there for for another couple of days as a as a Kickstarter, and then uh, I'll get cracking with getting them out to people. Yeah, I think it's literally like a day and a half. I looked before we recorded, and I think by the time you hear this, it'll be about that, won't it? I think. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, finishes at five minutes past six on saturday the 23rd of october for those oh good well that's good yeah so just under two days get on it as soon as you hear this go and get on it um the i i I did laugh because um you sent me a picture or i think i saw online maybe a picture of you reading the book the new the new one didn't i and it was only like a couple of episodes we did with you again before that you were going i don't know whether i will this year i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well yeah it was one of those ones that I knew the file was essentially. The file was essentially create, created, and it was like speaking to to Rich and said, "Look, I don't know how busy you are with with printing books for Thought Bubble, but how you know would I be able to get this in?" And he was like, "Yeah, bang, yeah. And get help." So having done having done it a couple of times now, the you know the format's all there, so there's the very little effort to move it from electronic to to the final file so yeah Yeah. well well worth it mate i think yeah it'd be a nice little book to read over christmas when you get a few days off i reckon yeah it'd be all right um good the funny enough i've got one of those sort of locked down facebook accounts so you can't really find me and um i've had nine facebook friend requests this week from people i don't Mm. know but people who are making comics and probably going to be bringing them to the thought bubble Mm. (laughs) there you go Yep, and they all got yeah, turned down. To, to, yeah, today, have, um, Thought Bubble have launched their debuting books page. Yes, um, yeah. I've not really had a proper look at it yet, but I imagine it will be be quite long as with everybody bringing the new book out for it. It does. There but, does seem to be more there than I've previously seen. I think that's the, I'm hazarding a guess of that, but I think it mm. seems to be. You know, mm. but we'll see. Yeah, yep. we'll see. Yeah, not all my cup of tea, but some of it most definitely will be making a hole in my pocket. I guess. Um, speaking of making a hole in my pocket, you didn't have to this time because I already had this one. Um, <laughs> he, I have, although for ease, brought the com- bought the Comicsology version as well because I've got. Um, I don't want to get the. I don't want to bang up the hardback by sticking it in them out of my rucksack. If you get me, um, yeah. So, what did you choose for us to talk about today, Dick? So tonight we're going to discuss 
Jim Henson's A Tale of Sand, um, yeah. as realised by Raymond K. Perez. Um, originally published in 2012 by Arcadia. Yes. Uh, is it Arcaea? Arcaea, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I always get confused with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um, So it's written by Jim Henson and Jerry, I'm going to say Jewel. That's how I've heard it said. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you say, art by Ramon Perez, colours by Ian Herring and Ramon Perez. Um, also, a couple of surprises who weren't, if you listen to him being interviewed, Ramon, he was also helped out by Geordie Belair on colours. Kalman uh, Andrasovsky uh, also helped out in colours as well because I think there was a tight deadline. Um, co- uh, letters by Devon Bennett, published, like you say, by Okea. Um, and it's currently on eBay at 9.99. Um, and we were just talking there. There's two versions of this, aren't there? There's you and I have both got the original, haven't we? Yeah. So okay, you can buy it brand new from from Amazon for seventeen pound. It's you know if you need to. Yeah, that seems install. quite high. I was surprised at that. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a big hardback book, I suppose. It's a nice, anyway, it's a nice um, design, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As you say, there are there are two versions of this. Originally, it came out as this um, this comic, which is. Um, Basically, Raymond Perez has taken the script that was was produced by Henson and Joe and yeah. converted it into a comic. Uh, the second book, which I, I don't have, but I believe features other artwork by Perez, is essentially the full script, yeah. but just with um, with tipped in illustrations um, that go with it. Yeah, so I've not seen that either. I, I wasn't aware of that until I saw an interview with Perez today. I didn't know that was out, but uh, yeah, sounds pretty good. And mm-hmm. we'll be talking about the script. Uh, in a number of different yeah. ways as we go along, won't we? But mm-hmm. did you want to give? I know it's a difficult one to Al. <laughs> did you want to give like a a general two or three line overview of what you think it's about? And I have to say, even Perez himself says uh, this will mean a different different things to different people. So just in a general story wise, so, yeah, I, I yeah. think that. Well, I think there's, there's there's different things that you can see here. There's there's what do you think the actual sort of what's the flow of the book? Yeah, what is it? What is it like? And what does it mean? And and all yeah. of those questions are, are quite different. Because what is the flow of the book? It's essentially a chase story yeah. where a guy sets off, is being chased, and has to reach the, the end goal by, by the end of the book. That That's kind of the... It's kind of a surreal chase, isn't it, I yeah. suppose? Yeah. 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 So that, that's what it is. In terms of how I would describe what it, what it is, <laughs> or <laughs> it's... Now, here, here's my... Do you remember the film Blazing Saddles? Yeah. Do you remember the end of Blazing Saddles when they break out of the um, the, the cowboy set and they realise that they're, they're part of a big movie thing and they yeah. go into the canteen and they start fighting the Germans and then they go into <laughs> the next bit and they start fighting the, the, the guys that are dancing on the stairs and then they go into the next bit. You know. Yeah. So the book is kind of that sort of process where it just goes from one scene to the next where... Each scene is incongruous to the one before, but the th- the scenes then drag into each other. So you and they collect this... people as they go along, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um, and it, so, as I say, the best way I can describe it is that that end sequence of blazing, blazing saddles, where the fights just keep mixing in different types of, of movie genres. Yeah. Um, so it has that sort of madness about it, and, and, and surrealism about it set in a, a colour scheme that really reminds me of the movie Wrangle, if, if you've seen that, which is the, the animated... Um, oh, I know the one you John mean. Depp I don't think movie. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but again, because it's all set, well, it's a tale of sand. It's set in a desert, and it, so it has that very muted palette that's quite pastely at times, and yeah. lots of different there's oranges. A flat and colour to some of it, isn't there? There's yeah. there's more colour in some scenes than others, I suppose. You know, the the, the canteen scene, for example. Yes, um, we might be getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, but the, yeah. so there, but it, in terms of the, the sort of feel of it, I say that that's kind of how, how I describe yeah. it. Yeah, I almost think what, that if what you it took, means, yeah, sorry, man. It, from a visual point of view, I almost think if you took it out and you, rather than a book, if you just laid the pages out and walked along mm. and read each page, it almost like does flow through like that very well, doesn't it? It's uh, yeah, it's not a short read. It's not a, it's not a long read, is it? It's actually quite a quick energetic it, well yeah it's very pacey very yeah energetic is the perfect word for it because the chase element of it you feel that is happening a lot of the time that the, the chase is on yeah um in terms of what it means yeah one of the descriptions i read and i quite like it is this is a guy who wants a cigarette <laughs> yeah yeah and all he wants to do is smoke a cigarette and the withdrawal symptoms that he's going through while he cannot get a cigarette are basically making his mind go a bit crazy and when he finally okay. gets a cigarette he goes right fine i've now started the process again of wanting another cigarette okay right? maybe there's a metaphor for life there somewhere isn't there yeah right. but i think it is that but i think a lot of it is that you're, you're chasing a goal and you because because throughout it I say one of the one of the touch points about it is this that you know he keeps trying to light a cigarette and things keep happening that mean he can't, and I think it is that he's constantly trying to achieve a goal, and even when he finally does achieve the goal, that process has to start again. Yeah. Um, so I think there's something in that's the kind of thing that I take from it. Yeah, but I think, yeah, it's interesting. Say, many people can take different things from it. Yeah, I've got a few theories, but I think we might rewind a little bit and just um, maybe yeah. do what we normally do and say, where did you, how did you come across it? Cause I remember at the time it's quite a hot book, wasn't it? It was a hot book. Got a, got a lot of press at the time coming out. Yeah. Um, I, I would have picked up in, in, in the shop. Um, yeah. I'm fairly sure. Or maybe, or maybe acquired it electronically from, from <laughs> the, the nasty Amazon type place. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where I got um, it from actually. Yeah. Though, as I say, the, the version I've got is actually is signed by Perez, but in 2013, so I'm sure he came over to Thought Bubble that, that year. Okay. Um, yeah. Or actually, at some event. Um, and, and, you know, so that, but it was, it was a, a book that got a lot of buzz because, and, you know, it's got the Henson backing. So, that, you know, the, it's, um, this was produced in, with the, what are they called, the Jim Henson Foundation? Yeah. Com yeah. Henson Company, whatever. They, they they actually said we want this book to be produced. Yeah, and they actually you know tested out a number of artists and, and chose Perez as the, as the one they wanted, and yeah. they set the deadlines and they set the timelines. But that also meant that they were also the ones promoting it, which is why I think it got quite a big you know big yeah. support. I think it got that cross support, but also got a buzz from outside of comics. I seem to remember. You know, because Henson's a big thing. You know, the Muppets exactly. and stuff. You know, I think it, yeah, I remember hearing about it. I. I'd first, we'll talk a bit about how I first come across Perez, but I remember ordering it and being pleasantly surprised when it arrived because it's, it's got like um like an elastic page marker, isn't it? I don't know what yeah. you would call it so, in publishing. I'm not sure the name of that, but mm, I, I don't know. I was gonna say, for those that so imagine an A for those that have seen it, never seen it. Imagine an A4 moleskin. Book. Yes, yeah, that's good. Description. That's how, how yeah. I describe it. Because um, as you see, it's got that that rubber band on the back that doesn't actually. Oh, it does stretch over. Um, <laughs> It doesn't look like it's good. It, 
there's a bit of it that's kind of there of just being style over substance, but a little it, bit, it, yeah, it, yeah. It does give that feeling of going. This is a travel, lo- you know, a, a book that you would take with you for traveling. Um, those sort of moleskin books that you would you would use for that sort of purpose. Um, it's a nice hardcover. The the paper's quite thick and heavy as well. It's not right. it's not too thin paper. So again, I think that yeah. just gives it that that gravitas um, as a as a book. Yeah, it's an it's got an interesting history to it as well, isn't it? Because it. Um... Well, firstly, for those that don't know, um, Perez won three Eisners for this. Got we got best graphic album, best penciler, penciler inker, and best production design as well. So the, the, I don't necessarily know that he got three, but he certainly it got it got three, um, which is quite a big deal at the time. But it was it was written as a film script um, in I think sixty seven um, and designed to be a film um, mm. and. They'd made uh, another film which sort of precedes it, which we will mention as we go along. It's, it's almost like a spiritual prologue to it. Um, and then it got rewritten again um, in the 70s with another attempt at going round to try and get it made into a film again and, and never got made. Now, after the death of... Um, I think it was after the death of Henson, wasn't it? This this came up. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Jewel was still alive. But after the death of Henson, um, it was sort of what we're going to do with it. And so they dug it out of a drawer... And it was um, they held um, auditions essentially, or you had to go and pitch some artwork and stuff like that. And Perez went along and he won the pitch to do it. And he yep. had almost the job I'm going to say of being a writer as well, because it's not an easy thing to translate from what I can what I understand as a script, because it's quite surreal and quite abstract at times. And he, it was it was his interpretation that we, that we're now seeing on the page. Um, and he had to. I think he, he. I've never heard him name who else went for it, but I think there was three or four other people who went and tried out for it, and he won it. Um, and he he actually does. It, it's probably not the, the artwork you're used to with him, but he storms it on this. I absolutely, I actually love the artwork on this. It's quite loose it, for him, you know. It, it's beautiful in terms of the. As I say, and I think it heavily supported by the color palette. I, yeah. the, this is another one where I don't think this would work in black and white. Um, yeah. To, to the same degree, I so I think right, there's yeah. there, there's a strong balance with with that that comes through. Um, I th- in, in terms of his interpret, he all, has almost acted like the director in yeah. terms of the. For, normally, I wouldn't try to focus as, as many film references in terms of this is like such and such a film, yeah. but because it is a film script, it feels right to do so. Um, yeah, I agree. I've got yeah, a couple it, here. Yeah. It, you know, but it does feel like where he's gone. Look, this is a, a film script. There, you know, if if you were making a movie, the you know, the the director of the movie would interpret the script, yeah. and that's very much what I think Perez has done, and then had the advantage of going. And I can also do the storyboards, which really become the the book. Though this is much more complicated than um, in terms of the art layout and the choices of, of page layouts. Yeah. Um. Than than just being. The, the the storyboards of a script it's, it's much more than that yeah i think why i think one of the one of the reasons i enjoyed it so much is um it harks back to a slightly more innocent time um nobody's pulling mobile phones out of their pockets or you know using satellite tracking or anything like that in this and mm. it it does remind me of a period as a kid growing up um where this sort of stuff was more commonplace, the sort of surreal stuff that didn't quite hit the mark often, um, but was visually extremely interesting. And the only th- the things I was trying to compare it to, like you say, um, are film and music things that occurred to me. Um, mm. I think 
Head, which is the monkeys movie. Yeah, that's exactly that? what I, I've written that down here. Oh, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, a touch of Yellow Submarine, maybe. Um, and a bit of maybe the music of Zappa, the sort of the, the, the phrasing that he uses, you know, to describe stuff. Uh, and it sits somewhere in that world, which kind of fits Henson. He was. He was an experimental guy, wasn't he? He's a slightly hippy dippy experimental guy. It's a terrible phrase, I know, but he's he's had that imagination. And, and back then, it wasn't restrained by people telling you about you know breaks for adverts and stuff. They just used to go off and make stuff. You know, Easy Rider, yeah. for example. You know. Yeah. Um, any other comparisons it, you had written down, man? Or um, there's a couple of scenes that actually come out for other movies. But the thing is, we get through them. But yeah, the monkeys movies was certainly that that it has. It still has a sixties feel about it as a certainly some of the opening sequences where um the whole thing starts when, when he, he he's in a village, um and he, he, there there's a party carnival going on. And, yeah. and there's again, no there's no origin to him. He just is in this nope. town, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's not got out of a bus or a car or arrived, you know, from yeah. somewhere else. He's just there, he, isn't he? You know. He's just suddenly in the party and gets dragged into the dance and yeah. doesn't know how he doesn't know how he's there. And but again, all the sort of um the background of that which is it's all in pinks and, and yeah. you know flesh and blues and And little bits of script a, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, so the whole thing starts. The actual layout of the book starts with the script, with the you know the 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 inner notes um, that you would get this you know the the preface that you would get from any sort of book, but it, it, the script is behind it. Yeah. Um, and then first couple of panels, it's is it's that sort of transformation from words into actual you know the, the the comic images that you'd expect. Yeah. It then has a and there's there's big chunks of this book that are silent as well, which I think is really a yeah. really clever technique because it actually helps with your speed of reading it. Um, but as I say, that 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 opening sequence where it's um, there's lava lamp type movement in the background, <laughs> and it still makes it have that sort of sixties feel, um, which ties into when you you know if you if you know a little bit of the background of when it was written, etc. But it, it again gives you that setting. I mean, you're talking about other movies, the other sort of things. It, I still have some of those early Peter Sellers movies yeah. in my head when I think of some of these things. You know, the, especially the, the little animations at the start of them and things like yeah. that as well. You know, yeah, yeah. So it's all sort of a lot of that. Um, and then because sort of a few pages in, you're like, going, "All right, the guy's turned up at a party. I wonder what's going to happen there." And then suddenly it just starts to get weird. <laughs> yeah. And because I think the first, the very first weird thing is there's there there he gets hoisted onto people's shoulders and he's getting taken through the village, and there's a kid watching them all go by, where he's holding the leash of his pet and his pet's an armadillo. I know I really um, love that. I that I was going to point that out myself. I absolutely love that little edit extra there. Yeah, it's just beautiful. And isn't there's it? no mention of it, no reason why. Whatever, you're just suddenly going, that's odd. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the first sort of real bit of going. This is odd. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no getting that, around it. This, if you, if you, somebody forced you to say it, you've got to say that this is some kind of dream. You know, there's, or maybe that's or the origin from Henson. Sorry, man. Or trip. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Because um, there's mirrors of himself throughout it as well, aren't there? He's reflected in the people. I mean, Part of me thinks he's the sheriff at the start, an older version. You know, he's a younger version of the sheriff. Part yeah. of me thinks the guy, the reoccurring villain in it, is him. 
You know, mm. at one point there's a, a naked woman who takes her skin off and it's him underneath. Yeah. You know, there's there's loads. I'm not sure a psychologist would, would play Mary Havoc with this, you know, work mm. out what was what. But there's loads of that going on. The, the, in, terms, in terms of it's been written, I think, well, the, and because there's the two protagonists, that could easily be Henson and Jewel. Yeah. Though there is a scene in the middle of the book where, and Perry's added this himself, where oh, okay. it is actually Henson and Jewel appear. Yeah. yeah. Um, as themselves, um, which, which clearly wasn't in the, in the original script. Yeah, um, I think one of the, the most the biggest things I heard Perez say that, that struck a, t- a note with me is the film called for a lot of music and was quite specific around the you know the original script, specific around what kind mm. of music should be included, and he had to translate that, and which I think I think he does well, especially at the start with the dance. You know, it's beautifully yeah. done isn't it and he does it as bubbles as well as musical you know the classic music, yeah, musical notes yeah it's really um i would love to know what the, the the soundtrack for this would be you know, <laughs> yeah 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 in that that mix of orchestrated versus jazzy funky guitars and and and, and stuff as well throughout it um yeah, yeah. so no, it, it would be would be great from that I mean, if, let, let, that might, that's a good that's a good segue to talk a little bit about timepiece, which is the movie that precedes mm. it, um, th- thematically, spiritually, maybe. Now, um, timepiece was a movie um, that Henson made in 1965, and Jewel was along with him. And there's there's a very short documentary on YouTube you can find out about it. And it actually got nominated for the Academy Award for short film, which it didn't didn't win. Like this, like um, very few other things that Henson did, no puppets. It had um, 167 scenes, and as I understand it, short films have to be under, is it 12 minutes, I think, to get... This is nine minutes long. There you go, yeah. yeah. Um, and he, they use a lot of really interesting sound effects in it. It's almost, um, no, he almost takes all the sound out of it and just includes the little... There's a, there's a bit where there's a hammer hitting a stone, there's a bird chirping, there's a clock ticking, there's a cough, um, and there's mm. a... And one is it help? He says help every so often, doesn't he? Is yeah. that right? And, yeah. and it's all kind of done as a, a metronome feel to it. Yeah, yeah. In, that's a good point. Yeah. Or, or I suppose it's the ticking of the, the seconds, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, but it, you're right. It's it is clearly the the precede to this, but without having quite the same narrative. I found. Yeah. It was more just a, and it's, it's clearly much more industrial feel to it. Yeah, or that—that's what I took from it. Um, though there are bits that are in a forest, and there's, you know, I believe Tarzan turns up and things like that. But <laughs> yeah. you're right; it's it's like snippet, 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 and there's lots of Henson running from one snippet yeah, that's, to the next. That's the main connection um, for me is him running from left to right across the hmm. across the the screen as we get later with Mac. His name's Mac, isn't yeah. he? This dude, Mac, running yeah. from left to right on the page. Um, the thing that I thought as well, which is interesting, was that um, Timepiece never had a script. It was only storyboarded. They worked off very simple right. storyboards that um, Henson drew, um, which is quite interesting. And the the feel it has, which is the same way that with this, the, the book here almost feels at times where they kind of right, get to the end of the page, the next page we're going to do something. It almost feels like Mad Libs. <laughs> it's almost right, doesn't. yeah. Right. So I've got got him to the bottom corner. You get to pick up the next bit. Uh, all I'm going to tell you is what he's carrying at this point. 
<laughs> yeah. You can then do whatever you want for the next two pages and tell me what he's carrying by the end of those two pages and I will start my next two pages with that. You know, because it's like this madness of going, how did he get to that? And what, where did they come from? Yeah, so he's got, he's got a key and a stop sign. You know, it's like yeah, he's got so, a massive key and then he's got a stop sign, which he makes use of. Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, so, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. at the beginning of, the, of, of, yeah. And I think timepiece is probably like that as well, where it is almost like where we filmed this scene, where, where we're we going to film next. And yeah. it's just like, you pick and no, no you pick and you know and yeah. it's there is just well it's just we're, we're here let's film this next bit or let's go down to the forest or let's go and you know pick up the pogo stick and bounce across the screen rather than run across the screen <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like all right um but yeah so taylor sand the opening opening sequences as you see he goes through the, the party he ends up with the sheriff and the yeah. sheriff says great to have you here you're now ready to go um, what you've basically got to do is get across the across the desert to the um, to be safe at um, Eagle Mountain, and he's entirely confused as to what's going on. He doesn't understand the, the classic Esmond dream. Yeah, the only difference yeah. from one of my dreams is he's got trousers on, <laughs> and hmm. the the sheriff goes, "Everything's going to start in five minutes, but don't worry, you're going to get a ten minute home start." And here's the map. Um, we're giving you the key. We're giving you the top sta- stop sign. And uh, one more thing before you go: don't trust the map. Don't trust the map. Yeah, yeah. And they cheer him out of the village, out of the town, into the desert. Yeah. And he does not know what. Even to the extent that there is a, a biplane that flies over the top and just says "good luck" in its its smoke trail, and you're just like going, what, what, "What's where's he going? What's he got to do?" And he has no idea. It's the typical anxiety dream, isn't it? You arrive at a party and you don't realise it's for you. And then mm. it, it all turns bad and you've got to do something at this party, you know. And then, But it, it, this is times turned up to 11. It's, he's got to run across the desert and get chased by and tackled by all manner of things, you know. Yeah. And and that's, you know, you turn the page and off he sits, running. Yeah. And, and this is where, as I say, it moves into this sort of silent comic mode. Um which again, this is where you know you you would pace up the music in the background to get a you know a, a rhythm going. So you had that that look of you know anxiety and panic and running and running and running. I do love that running page the um, with the key, the initial mm. one where he's like, right, I'm going to leg it. You know, he doesn't really yeah. know why, but he just is doing yeah. it. You know, because he's been told to. And yeah. then he finally gets a chance to stop and unpack the bag to see what's in the bag, and that's where you realise that he is also being chased. As it's the first time that the, the shot, or the first time he tries to light the cigarette, and the, the match gets shot out of his hand. Yeah, there's and... a sniper after him, and then you think, oh, this is this. To me, there's something of the adult sinister fairy tale about this. Mm. There's there's something that's um, that you know has that sinister nightmarish thing. Um, I can only imagine, and I I can't speak as to what. Um, Mr. Henson or Mr. Jewell imbibed, but it was a time of, you know, LSD and mushrooms and, I don't know, peyote and all this sort of thing. And I only think this, there is that to it, isn't it? It's, it's that translation of a hallucination, isn't it, in a way? You yeah. know, maybe a bad trip. Yeah. Well, and because one of the pages I love that, that's quite early on here, is, when you talk about, you know, is he ends up in a field of bear traps. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful page of, you know, just of him setting off going snap, snap, snap. You know, it, it, it's what he uses the key to get through. Um, but that's that whole, yeah, I've, you know, I've got to this bit where it's, 
you know, I was, you know, it's weird and it's wonderful, but suddenly there's danger and, and I don't yeah. know how to deal with it. Um, and shortly and, after yeah. that, we're presented by the, the main, I suppose the main villain, isn't he? The, um, the, the eye patch wearing man. Um, yep. I don't know. I go backwards and forwards on whether this is Mac or not. I don't know. What do you think? It's like his evil version or something. It, you know what? I think it's more. It's the. It's. It's the man. It's in the in sixties parlance. Yeah. In that, yeah, it, yeah. it's somebody who's, who's who clearly thinks they're superior. Clearly has the ability to just, you know, get what they want when they want it. Um, is is kind of chasing him for fun. Yeah. It's. Um, and therefore, it's more the, you know, it, Max want to just do his thing, but he's being suppressed. You know, he's just under the pressure of of being you know, be chased by the eye patched man the whole time, and the eye patched man always has the jump on him. Yeah, you know, um, it's it is that. It, I suppose it's that feel better of those that have recently watched Squid Game. It's the the yeah. people who have funded Squid Game. They yeah. just happen to be part of it this time, where and where he goes, yeah, I'm here to chase you. I'm just you know, and that, that's 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 all I do. Um, yeah. And uh, but then there's the weirdness that comes with it in that he he also has the surreal he has surreal abilities, um, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of moments where I don't know if I'm. It's one of those things like Perez says. You know, it means different things to different people. Where I'm convincing myself, and there's a moment where. Um, Various things happen. He's still escaping and he's trying to get a lift. So he puts a stop sign in the ground and it stops a car. And this is a sort of stretch limo. And he sees himself, his reflection. Uh, what page is this? Page 42-ish, if I'm looking at the digital. Yep. And he's um, he sees himself in the reflection of the window as it lowers. And just behind the window is the, the man with the eye patch. You see what I mean? It's almost like... Yeah. Uh, he, He's not. He is a little bit different. He's sort of thinner in in face and everything, mm. isn't he? Um, uh, so that was part of why. But the, what follows is one of my favourite moments. Is when the um, they open the door and a fucking lion walks out, just climbs uh, out. Uh, of the this car. is this is one of these ones where it is almost like right, got random word generator somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. steps out the back of the car is, and the random word generator goes, a lion, and you're like. Okay, let's deal with the lion. It's a great um, looking lion, yeah. And yeah. it is, and he he fights the lion, and and there's the beautiful pages the way that I love the different way he draws the lion. At times it's really realistic, and at times it's really very thin lines that he's done, and very little that, that that's on it. Yeah. Um, but it then, and this is one of the references that I have, is it, it basically it turns into a little bit of Jumanji at that point. <laughs> it does, isn't it? <laughs> because yeah, yeah. Another car turns up with the classic African hunting male of the 1800s who shoots the lion. Yeah, it's very Monty Python at this point, I think. You know, <laughs> and they tie it to the front of the car, and it is just okay. That you know, where, where did the lion come from? Where's the lion yeah. going? Why was somebody chasing the lion? Um, and it, as I say, it's. It is just one of these ones where at no point do you really have a handle on this when you're reading it to say, I know what's coming next or I, I, yeah. I know why we're, we're trying to, to achieve what we're doing. And that's a big, big quality of why it pushes you through. It's why why I keep reading. You know, you got, mm. 
I would never read this in two sittings. You know, no, the, the, no. The, I think the three or four times I've read it, I've got to read it all at once. You know, you've got to get yeah. to the end, haven't you? You know, it, yeah. and credit to Perez because he—he he is a writer, clearly, but he's kind of known for being an artist, and he is—he mm. was turned this into magic, as far as I'm concerned. You know, really has. Yeah. Um, should we talk a little bit about him for a minute? Um, yeah. So Ramon Perez, uh, born the 4th of June, 1973 in Toronto. He grew up reading newspaper strips of Garfield, Hagar the Horrible and Calvin and Hobbes. And it was only later that he began reading Marvel and DC. Studied illustration at college. Um, never wanted to be in comics specifically, but just wanted to draw for a living. Um, and initially found some quite good paying work in drawing role-playing game books. Um, and he began to work on his webcomic Butternut Squash, which is what he uses the calling card in order to get this, is what impressed them the most. And followed by a webcomic called Kukaburi, Kukabari, Kukaburi. Um, he works both traditionally and digitally, depending on the product uh, project, and he works now out of the Raid Artist Studio in Toronto, which is a sort of um, uh, artist co-op, I suppose is the best way of describing it, and he, yeah. he, he, he speaks very highly of that. I'm his style really changes between what I've seen of his and I've, I've read comics of his and not realized it's his. The, the, um, the style that he, he exhibits in this one, I was trying to pin down as who, who I thought it could be compared to. And the only one I came up with was Philip Bond. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. You've seen that. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, they're, it's not quite dark. It, it, it's 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 a bit more refined than Darwin could. Yeah, somewhere between the two, um, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. And it's and part of that in in the book is also because of the way that the colours are used again. That it has that that Darwin Cook esque in that certain pages only use the one colour, but in different depths. Um, you're you're right. He is a he, he's an artist that can conflicts his, yeah, his really style can, specific yeah. to the to the topic in hand. Um, Besides some of Marvel his... work than DC work for me, but that's yeah. I was going to say, say that bit of DC guy. You probably won't have seen a, you know some of his work. He yeah. cites his influences: Alex Toth, Alex Raymond, Al Williamson, Johnny Craig, Stan Drake. Uh, also, Mike Manola more recently. Mike Manola, Kevin Nolan, Duncan Vergredo. Good to hear Duncan called. Duncan's fucking mm. a master. Um, Stuart Immerman, Jock, David Arger, and John Paul Leone. Um, he and Robert McGuinness, he cites as a, an influence. He has, like you say, he's worked on probably mostly, um, mostly Marvel work up until recently. I know Chip Sadarsky was um, a studio buddy of his, I think, at one point, and they're doing something called Stillwater out of um, yeah. It's, it's Image, isn't it? But which bit of Image? His Image, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, the other stuff he's but, done in, include um, Jane, which is a reimagining of Jane Eyre. Um, which is probably the nearest in style, if you enjoy this, the nearest in style to him. Um, he did do a JSA classified, I think, at DC at one point. Yeah, um, he's some pieces. One of my favourite things he's done outside of this is the Gods of Mars stuff he did, um, which I bought in singles, um, which came out, I think, just after this. And that was that's amazing work. I don't think you can get it on Comixology because I think it might be tied up in the Dynamite deal with the um, ERB stuff. Um he did True Patriot, which is a Canadian cartoonist anthology. He drew Nova um, between 2016 and 2017. Co-wrote, he co-wrote that with Jeff Loveness. Um, the, the thing I've read of him most recently, other than The Steel War, is he did um, a giant-sized X-Men Magneto issue. Um, and uh, does, to me, chalk and cheese, man. Two mm. different 
two different books, utterly different. Um, yeah. And he, again, he needs more credit as a writer because I saw an interview with him and he said that that whole giant size issue, it's like an extra long Marvel issue about um, Magneto, sort of solo book, um, came from a four paragraph page of type that Jonathan Hickman sent him. Yeah, yeah that, that that takes some some fleshing out. Yeah, to, yeah. It's like the old famous Mark Miller page. It just says they have a fight. You know, there's mm. uh, another classic. But yeah, no, a, a brilliant artist. Um, flips backwards and forwards. Sometimes we see loads from him, and sometimes he pulls back a bit and does some more web comic work and stuff like that. But um, I only saw Jane today. It was um, there's quite an in- good interview with him with a German fan site um, in English English language, um, and they showed a lot of the Jane pages in this bloody gorgeous like mm. really good and it's it's a mixture of pencils and black and white pages and color but the color is in a similar way to this 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 book which is quite, quite interesting quite muted in the background that yeah. has a very partially colored off pencilly feel yeah. color to it as well in that it's like it's almost been colored in pencils yeah um at times but yeah it has a digital background to it yeah um, yeah good stuff um anything else you want to talk before we might pick a couple of pages out and maybe talk about the, the two writers did or um, I was going to say, in terms of a couple of pages, I say the story um, pushes on, gets. There's a brilliant scene where there's a um, cement mixer, right? And your man with the eye patch yes. uses the cement mixer to pour himself a martini, um, and of course he's been in the desert quite some time now as Mac, so he, he he wants to to get something as well, and of course when he goes up to the cement mixer, it just pours nothing but cement. Um, which is just bizarre, and so the, the page after that is an old ladies' golf club turns up, or a, a club of old ladies playing yeah. golf, I should say, turn up <laughs> next to him, and he doesn't understand why, and nor nor do we. It's um, so out of a sixties movie, that isn't it? You know, it, or maybe Mel Brooks. You know, that's yes. the other person I could probably see. Yeah. Like you say, Blazing Saddles is a Mel Brooks movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's one bit where um, he, he, he sees this dude and he's legging it, this this sort of waiter look you can do, he's legging it with one of those ice clamps on a big yeah. big lump of ice. And he's running through, running across the desert full pelt, full pelt under the sort of the hot sun. And he chases him thinking, I want a bit of water. I'm going to get that, you know, a bit of that ice cube. And just by the time, just as the, the massive cube of ice becomes a cube that can fit in a drink, he reaches this sort of smoking hot blonde woman in a bikini lying in a sunbed with sunglasses on holding some kind of cocktail or something. Drink, yeah. Yeah, in her yeah. hand. And he, he plops it into a drink. And it, it just speaks so much of those, you know, those dreams we have because next to her is a swimming pool. And of course, when he gets anywhere near the swimming pool, a huge sort of um, shark comes up and tries to bite him and grabs his shoe. You know, it's just like it, it, this hot blonde, this water, this drink, the smoke's in reach, but of course it has to be ruined by a shark. You know, it's like yeah, incredible, it, isn't it? it? It's, yeah. That a shark page on, is lovely as well, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a few pages on from that, there's a double-page spread that's more at night. Yeah. Where... It's I suppose three long panels across the thing, but it's it's and this is, is that the, sort of the sunsetty wolf. one. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. With yeah, yeah. the howling wolf, and it's got a howling wolf sitting in a, a crescent moon in the middle of the one of the pages, right. and and this is really Dali-esque at times in yeah. terms of the you know which way's up and um, what's you know is he the small person on top of the mountain or the big person looking through the mountain and the it, it, it it's just. 
you know, how you would go about constructing the thought process to say this is what needs to be on that page. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. Um, and then he finds the record player. And one of the things he's had in his bag all along has been this record. And he realizes what's written on the record is Stampede. So he <laughs> plays the record. Yeah. And, and, and you suddenly have the Stampede runs across the page being chased by tanks. And so it's a stampede yeah. of buffalo that are being chased by tanks. And you're just, again, it's like, I, I don't know how to to really explain quite what happens next. Yeah, and the motion goes, They do. he does that a lot, doesn't he? So you've got the, the double-page spreads pushing the motion from left mm. to right constantly. Um, the As well, surrealism, that you, you mentioned Dali. Well, Dali was the was one of the, the fathers of surrealism, wasn't he? A, that's yeah. a good shout. And, and there's a, you can tell... There's a huge influence in that of that of that movement, that artistic movement in this. You know, you 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 wouldn't be surprised to see someone whose face was an apple or something. You know, there's all this sort of thing going mm, on. You know, mm, mm. Um, yeah, yeah, very much so. That the, the tanks look great. Um, it's still got that sort of um, they're like American tanks, but they're sort of the tanks you would have seen in World War Two. So um, he's chosen well there because we're referencing a period where war movies were big. We had a generation of people in the 60s who would have fought in the war. You know, it's, it's, there's all these little touchstones, that, you know, obviously gramophones, as I'm calling them now, weren't, you know, weren't really a thing when this was being drawn. It's only previous to 10 years previous, 20 years previous to it, and maybe five years after it that um, it, it's become quite a thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a lovely old school feel to it isn't it it really has got that um call back to the 60s i'm glad that he went that way with it you know it really mm. does look oh, it. it's, it's yeah. brilliant everything's a brilliant choice in this yeah um just to keep me things moving on and and but also to keep the listener completely confused we'll we'll we'll, we'll skip through the bit where he, he meets the um the arabs and the uh, in the oasis <laughs> in the desert is is saved by the american cavalry when when they turn up yeah. Um, only to be tackled by an American football player. <laughs> yeah. As I say, it's just like, and the American football players. There's one of the things I love about that, about the whole thing, about keeping it silent. They only talk in X's and O's, yes. in in the way that you'd expect to see it on a, a sort of whiteboard or blackboard of yeah. somebody describing moves of or plays. That. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And it, I just love that as a sort of technique of going. Yeah. Well. You know. We'll, we'll put dialogue in here, but it's not dialogue. And it's the typical um, thing of the, you know, the the classic American cartoon uh, or um, you know TV cartoon of the. You, you sure you've got these American football helmets on them, but behind them is just just a wisp of eyes black. and yeah, black otherwise, and, just to make them yeah. almost like demons, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. He then turns up at the bar and, yeah. and meets what is possibly my favourite character in the whole. Oh, whole the thing. chatty dude. Yeah, the chatty, chatty old man who's just sitting there having, having loads of drinks, and he is there to help him. But every time he helps him, he then it's you know, or he, he helps him hide and all that. But he's got three lines of, he's in there. Hey, you guys, he's in here. And yeah. then the, he took a bicycle. <laughs> it doesn't matter what he does to He'll grass him up. Yeah, yeah. He just keeps grassing him up. Yeah. Despite the fact that he's like, going, you should go through this door <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. And I just think that, that that sort of mischievousness of going, again, it's that putting things into this in terms of how you interpret it, of going, you know, if it's, if it's all about life struggles and trying to achieve your goals, sometimes you people that you think are helping you are not the people that are helping you. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Then, you know, just yeah. for themselves. And it, so is it just that 
yeah, you know, you may ask for help, but be careful what what you get back from it. And the bar um, scenes, as we we mentioned earlier, are some of the ones that are the most coloured. You know, they've yes. got the the most variety and fully all mm. the way to the side of the panels and everything. Um, not all of them, but a lot, quite a lot of them have. And there's a lovely overhead view of. That's taken him ages to fucking draw. Lovely overhead yeah. view of everyone in the bar as the massive and, American footballer turns up to hunt him. Yeah, and you saw the cowboys there, and you've got you know a couple yeah. of the Arabs that are following him around over there. Um, as you said, various various ladies, sort of M- the... men in black kind of guys as well, aren't there? You know, yes, yeah, sort of thing. And or yeah. under, I'm not sure if they may be undertakers. It's hard to tell, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's but he's kind of hiding in the bar, but gets found because he, he you know he's in there and in, in, in yeah. And then it then goes a little bit Westworld, I suppose, because he ends up with the um, with the lady of the night upstairs, and it, <laughs> yeah. there's just this brilliant gag about six bucks. You know, and all he's yes. got is six bucks. Um, which, which, which for me, suddenly, I suddenly went, oh, this is quite adult because she's a prostitute. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now, is she is she the, the blonde from the, the pool? No, I don't... It's hard to tell no. me. I'm not I'm sure. Gonna say no. Okay. I'm going to say no. Right. I don't think it is. Yeah. Because um, I think the blonde from the pool has more of that. 60s, yeah, okay, air steward type feel about it. Well, this is that, as I say, the, the West World prostitute type, type yeah. feel. Um, well, as I say, the, the the page that where she you know screams to say, Oh, he, he's in here, type thing, and his speech ball is just an asterisk. Then <laughs> yeah. they burst through the door and they're all like, God, what's what is going on? And his yeah. speech ball is the day, his side of day. Yeah, because it does um, look like he's... It does look like a bit rapey, that one, doesn't it? Yeah. But I think it's more just that he's trying to hold, hold her down. Um, and then maybe this is the next bit that I think is, makes me think it's Blazing Saddles, because he then is put on, on a horse to be hung. And the guy that's putting the, the rope around his neck, however, is wearing a 1970s look or 19, late 60s look of somebody who would be working on the movie to film the yes. movie with staff yeah. written across his t-shirt and he's wearing <laughs> yeah. a, a baseball cap it's like a rigger like or them. something isn't he yeah. Yeah, yeah it's exactly that and it's but you're like what um, and you know, it just they then have a shootout and I, I, I just don't know how to describe this to somebody it's because yeah. you literally go right so they then it then becomes high noon and before they had the shootout at high noon, all the German soldiers and snipers appear at the top of the buildings in the in the cowboys and start putting them in their sights. He then <laughs> there's then just a big shootout piece. I do love that shooting. standoff page with the multi-panel yes. with the the lovely strip in the middle of it with no um, panel with, with borders no, on it yeah. with them sort of staring each other down. I think that's lovely, absolutely lovely. Yeah, yeah. What I'm finding is that the more I talk about this, the quicker I want to talk about it as well. Yeah. Because it is just like, and then this, and then this, and yeah. then this. And of course, then we get a lovely car chase, which I think Perez is on record as saying is his favourite bit of it. Um, well, it, it, as I say, it, it, it builds as well, because it starts off with the bicycle. Yeah. And so he run, you know, and then he gets to the car lot. He tries to buy the $5,000 car, and the guy goes, well, how much have you got? And he goes, $6. Yeah. So he gets the, the, the old jalopy. Which then gets chased by, as I say, the the man in the eye patch who can afford all the expensive cars in the um, yeah. in, in the car lot. So he chases him with that, but th- he then crashes the car and gets 
a hydro a nitroglycerine truck. Of course he does. That just yeah. happens to be in the desert. Um, the man in the uh, in the eye patch decides to ditch his car and moves into a fire truck that happens to be in the desert. And the two pages actually, the one where he steals the the nitroglycerine truck and the the workers are chasing after him that panel and the panel where the firemen are chasing after the stolen fire truck yeah i think that's a really nice balance particularly yeah. with the, the 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 colors are kind of reversed on the two pages yeah i get you yeah um which which again it, it's it's and then they meet the hippopotamus like, yeah 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 well he's got previous that isn't he because in timepiece there's a, there's a there's an, a non-stop sequence of someone just pink, painting an elephant pink, isn't there? Yes, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to the bit that you you've already mentioned, where they finally meet and face off to each other. Yeah. Um, and the man in the eye patch whispers something into his ear, and then fades to dust. Yeah. Um, and again, is that him going? He's he's finally gone. Look, I just can't be bothered being chased anymore or dealing with the hassles of everyday life. Um, and it's like, well, fine, it'll go away. Where, you know, if you face into it, it, it goes away. But then it becomes weird because he meets the girl and she takes off the bodysuit and he's inside yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So it's almost like the that revelation is the final key for him to do the for to finish the race for me. Yeah, it's a bit the prisoner is as well because yeah, it's him that's you know, good point, man. taking yeah. the monkey mask off, isn't it? Yeah, very good. Um, point. Yeah, and that's 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 the end of the race as far as as he's concerned. And he goes right, fine. I've got to the end of the race. I've found the the end piece. I can now get my, my cigarette. At which point he realizes he's walking back into the town that he started with. Yeah, they light the cigarette. He meets the sheriff that he met at the beginning of the book, and he says, "Great day." Let's get started, and it's all about to go round it, round and round again. Yeah, um, and, and even just, the word "finish" is crossed out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just a a, a really bizarre tale. Um, it it, it, it kind of defies definition in in that that sort of sense, um, and and that I I do challenge myself at times of going, is it style over substance? Yeah, I get you. But is, is is that okay? Because style to me is, in a way, is quality of artwork, isn't it? You know, and mm. this is a book to be looked at as opposed to read for a big chunk of it, isn't it? Or well, nearly all of it. Um, and, and it is um, a there's a lot of there's a lot of great style on show. He knows everything is of a certain fifties, early sixties feel yeah. to me you know there's no one who's overtly a hippie put it that way so it's almost like no. from the beatnik period slightly before that for me mm. so i would say that, that it is substance over style because i know you're saying there are certain pages there are certain pages you can pull over but actually if you're reading it as a book i find it very difficult to stop on a page with this book yeah you literally yeah. want to turn the page and turn the page and turn the page so that's why i think there is substance in this because the 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 way that it drives you through the story, even the bits where there's sudden slowdowns, but when he goes into the bar and he's talking to to the the drunk, that it, yes it slows things down, but it's still driving forward because it's suddenly become very close and tight. 
Yeah. Um, and so you suddenly feel that you know you, you've moved from the, the expanse of the spe- of the sand to the the tightness of the bar, um, and it, it's it, it does drive you forward. But in when you look at it in retrospect, you can stop as you say on any page individually and just look at it and go, oh, yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, that would be this. So not it wouldn't be every time you read it, but if you haven't read it for a while, mm. you've got to read it like that. You've got to read it as a fast run through. And then, then I've been going back and looking at pages. That's how mm. it works for me. And we mentioned this, this gets mentioned so many times on here about the art and the writing is, is the tool to tell the story. And if it's not pushing you into the next panel, pushing you into the next page, it's not doing its job. Yeah. And I think yeah. there, there's, this is true as much for this as many other books, you know, um, mm, definitely. definitely. Yeah. 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 That's really good, man. Let's let's mention just quickly before we go, Arkea. Arkea Entertainment, currently an imprint. They've been bought out by Boom, haven't they, for a few years ago. Yeah. Um, founded by Mark Smiley in 2002. Um, it was um, in 2013, actually, it was acquired by Boom. It was originally founded as the home for Smiley's series Artesia. Um, in 2006, they announced that they would take on other comics. Um, they had a little bit of criticism, as, as I understand, about um, shipping dates, etc. In 2008, they got bought by Konoichi and uh, then bought again in turn by Boom. Um, they've sort of spread out amongst a, a number of different areas. They've had some kid comics, they've um, stuff that's strictly for adults and they've had other, they've had some other Henson related titles, including Fraggle Rock, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth and the Storyteller comics out. Um, probably the one I think of when I think of Arcaea is Mouse Guard. Um, yeah, it's the most guard stuff that I've yeah. got the most of. Yeah, um, and for me, the most recent stuff otherwise that I've read is the um, Sons of El Topo, the two Alejandro Jodorowsky and Jose Ladron books, which I actually really like, but but are very troublesome. I think if you're of a certain nervous position, <laughs> don't don't read them. Um, the they also did something a few years ago, which I know got quite a lot of work, which was um, a thrilling adventure hour, which was a kind of uh, sort of stay. It was like a radio show on a stage. They did. Um, and right. they made a comic of it. It was, it was quite a well-known podcast as well, I think, for a while. Uh, and the other one that um, I always think of as well is The Collector from Sergio Toppi, which I think I have a digital copy of, which I think by Toppi I'll buy. Um, they've, they've started translating quite a few BD as well at the moment. Um, yeah, it's um, they're, they're a good company. Um, quickly, we'd better mention the, the... So I think the other... Was it Chris Robertson was also one of the editors? I think him and Smiley helped shape a lot of the, the story. Um we should probably mention Mr. Jewel as well, who I think um, to a certain extent is one of these sort of hidden hidden guys. He's he's he's, he's as part of um, the company yeah. as Henson and as, as Oz as well, who everyone thinks of as well. Um, had you heard of him before, dude? Or I really hadn't. And yeah. I must admit, re- actually studying for this, it was, you're right, the amount of muppet work yeah <laughs> that he's involved in yeah you know he, he's entirely the behind the scenes you know you know person of it um given that we, we all know who frank oz is, is you know, yeah. but, you know clearly it's possibly because i don't think he did any voice work yes. um in, in terms of it so it's it was much more the sort of writer side and production side of, of the muppet show and and other related things um but yeah it's um it's, 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 he, he wasn't something yeah, I've seen some interviews with him. He seems super nice. Really was. Sadly, he passed away in 2005. Um, Henson met him at in 1961, so quite early on, at the Puppeteers of America Festival 
in California. Um, both were fans of Stan Freebook, Ernie Kovacs, and Rocky and Bullwinkle, Bullwinkle which you can see as well. Um, like mm. you see, you're right, man. Um, hired as a puppeteer as opposed to a voice actor, definitely. Um, and was the with with the Muppets for pretty much the main um, up until the more recent um, stuff we've seen from them. He, I mean, he did even did Muppets from Space in 1999 and stuff like that. So he's with mm. it for many many years. Um, I don't think we really need to go into into Henson, but obviously no. um, he sadly passed away. It's so long ago, man. I realise it's nineteen ninety he passed away. Yep. Yeah, um, he was only fifty three, so same age as I am now. Uh, TV started with Salmon Friends, Sesame Street, The Muppet Show, Fraggle Rock, Storyteller, Muppet Babies, movies. We had the Muppet Movie, Empire Strikes Back, obviously, um, The Great Muppet Caper, Dark Crystal, Muppets Take Manhattan, Labyrinth, The Witches. You know, just a, a huge landmark character in in, in movies i'm gonna say if, if you're listening to this um this podcast and um you don't know who jim henson is yeah. then then yeah. frankly you, you dabble word for yourself yeah definitely uh, um yeah there's there's a quite interesting forward on it um and there's also um where it's referred to as a surrealistic comedy drama which i think is good um that talks a little bit about the history of um as we talked about earlier about how the when it was written in 74 henson's agent bernie brillstein tried to sell it again um, without much luck at the time and there's also an afterward which is quite interesting which is from lisa henson i think controls a lot of the henson stuff now um yep. she says tells of tells of sand is an extension of the theme storytelling and style of jim's short piece short film timepiece um speaks to the feelings of a young artist at the start of his career oh yeah some mixed feelings ed and <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> and she felt that perez was the perfect choice for the project mm. And this book is, she says, this book is a tribute to to Jim and his friendship with Jewel as well, which is great. Um, yeah, I'd recommend it. You can, like you say, having looked earlier, you can still pick it up quite cheaply, and it's not it's not like an expensive book. Yeah, no, um, not at all. And yeah, and yeah I, I thoroughly recommend it. You know, both as a piece of art and as a story. Yeah. Just just don't necessarily ask me to describe exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the same. but I, I, I really reading it for this. I was re-enthused by it as well. I really was. Yeah, me too as well, man. Actually, I'd I'd forgotten how good it was, um, and it's a lovely book as well. It's it's a well-made, well-designed. Um, it looks a bit sort of cool and retro as well. I think um, Ramon Perez is quite a cool guy, isn't he? I think I'm sure he had a hand mm. in that. There's 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 a, a real Thanks, sense of illustrative, cartooning to it. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Nice choice. Good one, man. Um, good, good. Let's talk about you. So you got the Kickstarter. Um, I'm expecting to see you next. I think at Thought Bubble is where um, we're we're not tabling next to each other, but we've got someone between us, haven't we? No, oh. we're we're the bread in the uh, in the maddie sandwich. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yep. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope they don't take that on board. Yeah. The, yeah so now we're we're I'll be in Redshirt Hall, as I say, just um, one table away from you. I yeah. think I'm one ten, and you're one twelve. One twelve, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of these ones. Everyone goes in with a plan of saying, "Know the table numbers and where you're going to go." Yeah, that, that, you can, there's that no, they're never written on the tables anyway, are they? It's not no, as if you can tell which one's which. Yeah. So um, you know, it's it's a case of if they want to find us, they'll they'll, they'll find us, and I'll have lots of penguin goodness there. Um, Is there anything in particular you're looking for at the con? Anyone, anyone who's that there? I'm looking wanna, for. Yeah, you want to pick books up from or. Um, you know what? What I'm actually just really looking for is actually just seeing people yeah it's come to that, that isn't it? i think seen, with the sad fallouts yeah. of guests and whatever's happened it's it's come to that thing now where i'm looking just to see see my buddies i haven't seen for a while i think you know 
Yeah, and then I still say the the best thing about cons is actually the things you find that you didn't know you were looking for. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know, it's that. Oh, it's a surprise book. The book that, and it's that weird balance. You know, the book that gets the buzz but doesn't sell out before you chance you get the chance yeah. to get it. Um. Those are the the things that I think are always the best at the con, or you know, somebody who's who's new and you're going on there you know you've not been about before so whether there'll be any of or how much of that there will be this year at football i don't know yeah, be interesting but, that's the one that it's always the the saturday night book that gets pulled out in the bar mm, and you go oh i've not seen that and then you look for yeah. it the following day and it's either just there or sold out because there's yeah. always there's always a couple that get a little bit of heat overnight don't they you know yeah yeah um and that's that's so that that to me is what i'm what i'm looking for is the thing that i'm not looking for yeah. That sounds very that, that you know what in the surrealness of what we've talked about yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of works. I'm looking for the thing I'm not looking for. Yeah, uh, if you wake up and see me legging it across the heath across <laughs> in Harrogate carrying a big key, you know, I've read this again. Yeah. There's every chance. There's every yeah. chance. Are you driving are you driving down or are you training it? What are you doing? So we'll be driving down, uh, boys on tour, group of four of oh, us. Oh nice. Uh, all big mile. So we'll be coming down during the the friday and uh i'll do a little bit of setup i think on saturday night and then yeah. i have absolutely no concept of how social interaction of an evening is going to work given the i don't um, think there's any organized parties or anything i think they've exactly. said there's none of that going on isn't there yeah yeah so it's going to be you know there's going to be lots of whatsapp messages flying around to see yeah what's where and what what spaces and what pubs and stuff i guess or or yeah We'll be looking for somewhere to eat, won't we? On the Friday, I'm guessing. Yeah, be a bit yeah. Of that. yeah. So it's just going. I think there'll be some. There'll be some interesting, fun games. I think just to to find people and um, and I'll use the word because I know it upsets you know certain people. You know, where's your clique going to be? <laughs> uh, yeah, what are you going to have on your table? You going to have that? You going to have the new book on there? Do you think by then or? Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll, yes, one of the things I'm trying to do is, as I say, the, the Kickstarter finishes on uh, on Saturday. I have. I've already got the books. I've got the prints and I've got the badges that, that everyone will get. Um, I've done some of the commissions already as well because I've spoken to the people. So I will look to get this book out starting end of next week, right. something like that, and get it get out and about. Um, so I will, you know, I, I, as I say, I'm strongly against taking a book to a con that if you've kickstarted it, you've not got it in the hands yeah, of the I Kickstarter. Agree. Yeah. So. If I can at least get it into the hands of everybody who's UK based, then I know that they've all got it before. You've done the right Bubble thing, takes... then, man. I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's a decent thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a so, conversation on the Slack about this this week, wasn't it? With Mark Cabinet hmm. was talking about a similar thing. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah, so, that's the right thing. As long do. as I can get that done, then then that's fine. It will be it will be there at football, and then as I say, I'll have nine books in total. Wow. The the ninth of which is Master of Nine. So that, that's nice stuff. Yeah. It's almost like I planned it. I, I didn't, <laughs> it's like um, yeah, and four of those books will never have been at a comic okay. convention before. Yeah. So that's that's going to be the 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 interesting interesting mix to say. Well, here's some of the older stuff, but you've you know if if you've not been supporting me on or following me online, this is what you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. And I think it's the same. I think it'll be the same for for lots of people. I mean, you, you've it's just, you've only ever taken tribute. One, no, this will be the second one because we did Meanwhile. Um, mm. we, we we went to Meanwhile with that, so this will be our second one. Um, yeah, I don't think we've got any. Uh, we might have a couple of things. Um, see how we get on with um, the Flesh and Ink stuff. So we, we, I don't know whether we'll have a couple of spares of that, but we'll certainly have 
George Mayhem and yeah. the, the Hercules books and a couple of other things. Um, well, we're road tripping it, so I think I'm road tripping with Dan. I'm not sure if Falpy's jumping in with us or not, so probably two or three of us be, be driving up to meet to meet Vince up there. But yeah, see how it goes, man. I'm open minded. If it's quiet, it's quiet. What's gonna? What can you do about it? There's nothing you can do about it. Um, and we're just gonna we're just gonna have fun. That's the idea. I'm not I'm not looking to to make millions, but should be a laugh. Sadly, I'm also ta- off to it's a great tax rail. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, those miles, those miles seem tax. I don't know. The uh, um, I'm sadly at MCM tomorrow. I say sadly because I can't stand it there. But um, I'm popping along to see a couple of buddies. I'm going to probably go and see Martin Simmons. He's there. So if you're if you are at MCM um, tomorrow, um, which is Friday the twenty second, then give me a shout and uh, I'll pop by and see you. But uh, yeah, I've got a ticket to pop in and out. It's a couple of people, but yeah, that's my other one. Um, yeah good excellent all right geezer well we shall call it a day for that one and um where can people find you online before we go um just search for penguin on any form of social media and you'll find me good nice and dude and if you go to never on anything.com you can also there's also a box there you can put in if you've got any comments or subjects you want covered or um anything that you want to talk about or if you indeed want to come on then let me know and we can have a talk um but until the next one which i think is a bit a bit of mr cannon coming up soon um Oof. So another bit of surrealism, actually, some some from the other end of the surreal world. But um, yeah, that's the next one. So, cheers, man. See you in a bit. Mm-hmm.